This episode is sponsored by the Learn Jazz Standards Inner Circle. If your goal is to level up your jazz playing this year and feel confident improvising over jazz standards, the Inner Circle has everything you need and more. With monthly jazz standard studies, a library of powerful courses, and a vibrant community of like-minded musicians, you're guaranteed to improve your playing every single month. Podcast listeners can get 50% off their first month when you go to ljsinnercircle.com. That's ljsinnercircle.com or find the link in the show notes. Now, on to today's episode. Listening to jazz is one of the best ways that you can improve your jazz playing without even touching your instrument and actually retain material so that it becomes exponentially easier to play when you actually do pick up your instrument. So I want to talk about some plans for listening to jazz if your intention is to retain and ingrain musical information. Let's do this thing. Welcome to the LJS Podcast, where you get weekly jazz tips, interviews, stories, and advice for becoming a better jazz musician. And now your host, he's a jazz musician, author, and entrepreneur, Brent Bartstra. What's up, everybody? Brent here from Learn Jazz Standards, where we help musicians just like you learn how to play jazz all while shortening the learning curve, no matter what instrument you play. Really excited to be back here on the podcast today. So thank you so much for listening. Do appreciate you. Want to have an important discussion with you today, and that is around the idea of listening to jazz for the purposes of ingraining that information so that it makes it exponentially more easy to play on your instrument later. But also just the concept of the way we listen to jazz actually can be some of the best practice that we have for learning new jazz language. And I kind of want to give you a really quick example of that to start. And that is one of the musicians that I really love. And if you've listened to the podcast before, you, you know me at all, you know that I really love this musician. I am a big fan of the jazz guitarist, Peter Bernstein. Really like him, really like his playing, gotten to study with him. Uh, being in the New York area, I get to see him play whenever he's playing locally around. So... You know, I like Peter Bernstein. When I go to a Peter Bernstein show, when I come back from that show, I sound like Peter Bernstein when I'm playing my guitar. It just it just happens that way. Now, the reason that that happens is uh, obviously because I like his playing a lot, so it has an impact on me. But it also happens because I've listened to so many of his albums, and I've really ingrained the isms of how he plays. Now, I've learned a few Peter Bernstein solos before, so you could say I've done some homework into this. But quite honestly, most of my ability to imitate and replicate Peter Bernstein, again, not perfectly in my own way, obviously, is due to the fact that I have listened to so much of his playing. Uh, Listening is such a powerful thing, right? Listening in such a way that is going to help you ingrain musical information and even the nuances of how a musician plays. And quite frankly, it's almost that easy. Like I I know this sounds like almost like a pipe dream here, but it's almost that easy that simply by listening to jazz, if your goal is to become a better jazz improviser or walking bass player or comper, Simply just by listening to jazz, you are going to be improving. And again, 
this is just evident for me with the example I just gave you. But I'm sure that if you think about yourself, you can also sort of get that sense that there's one musician that you really like a lot and you've listened a lot to them. And perhaps you're not at the musicality or the skill level to replicate them in any sort of authenticity. However, when you play after listening a lot to this musician, you really start channeling at least that vibe, right? You know this to be true. So I'm going to talk a little bit more about this because obviously that is the basic message I want to give you today is listening to jazz is going to help you improve in that way. But there are certain things that we can do with our jazz listening that will help us ingrain even better, even better. So I want to give you a few different plans or outlines for how to listen to jazz in order to ingrain musical material into your psyche. Okay. Now, before we do that, of course, we got to thank our sponsor today. That is our very own LJS Inner Circle membership. So if you're someone who is not feeling satisfied with your jazz improvisation, not feeling satisfied with your comping, not feeling satisfied with your jazz playing in general, you want to get to the next level. Perhaps you're a beginner and you're not sure where to start. Perhaps you're a quote unquote intermediate player and you just want to get off that plateau uh, into the next level. Then the LJS Inner Circle is definitely for you. We learn a new jazz standard every single month. We practice together. We learn etudes, solos. We learn mapping exercises for our improv. We have courses for guitar, piano, sax, bass, trumpet for improving the technical side of your improvisation. But we also have all sorts of musicians in there. We have harmonica players. We have We even have lap steel players. We have ukulele players. We have flute players. We have violin players. It's a really vibrant community of musicians that are all working on step-by-step practice programs, like I mentioned, the monthly jazz standard studies. And you also get access to a live Q&A call with me every single month in our monthly jazz mastermind. So if you need a little extra help with your jazz playing, a little more structure, uh, a little more resources and community to help you thrive and stay motivated, go to ljsinnercircle.com. That's ljsinnercircle.com. And we'll look forward to having you as a member. Okay. So let's start talking about this. Now, let's first address the elephant in the room. And that is that no one usually wants to sound just like some other musician, right? No one wants to be accused, I say accused because it it is often thought of as a negative thing, of sounding just like um, Dexter Gordon or Kurt Rosenwinkel or whoever has you in your instrument that you are really into, right? No one wants to be said, oh, you sound exactly like this. But at the same time, if you are not ever going through the process of trying to replicate what another jazz musician sounds like, like really trying to get that together, you're probably really slowing your progress down significantly if you're not actually mimicking other great jazz musicians and picking up on their nuances of their playing uh, and even the more obvious elements of their playing, like what actual notes are they choosing and selecting, right? So we want to be doing this. We absolutely do want to be doing this. 
However, is it just as simple as like listening to a bunch of jazz, like just having it on like a Spotify jazz playlist, um, just having a radio on? Um, is it just as simple as that? Like listening to a bunch of albums, all this stuff. Not necessarily. Like that is good and that is helpful to be constantly listening to jazz, to be exposed to it. But there are certain ways that we can listen to jazz that will help us actually gain something from it a lot quicker than we normally would. Okay, so let's go over that. And by the way, I do want to quickly mention that we've done a podcast episode before on how to listen to jazz mindfully. That was episode 237. So episode 237 might be a good episode to listen to after this, which will help you get a little bit more into the nitty gritty of playing or listening to jazz rather. This is more like a general plan of how to do this. So 237 could be a good one to listen to after this. But we're going to go over kind of some frameworks for how to start doing this. And the first one I want to talk about is actually honing in on a particular album, right? So there could be a particular album that you really like that you find very infectious, to you, right? You really enjoy that album. And when you listen to the style and the different kinds of musicians playing, you're like, this is how I want to sound. Like, I imagine myself playing in this band and participating in this band. Okay. So we need to take those cues there. Like, wow, I enjoy this album. I like the general sound of this, right? So maybe it's like Hard Bob. Like, you're really into Art Blakey and the Jazz Messengers. And there's like the album that you're really into. Like, you want to sound like that. Or it's Wayne Shorter, right? Like, you like Wayne Shorter. You like Speak No Evil, right? That's a great album. And you want to sound like that. Like, that is something that resonates with you. We need to cue into that. And instead of just listening to a ton of Wayne Shorter or a ton of Art Blakey or a bunch of musicians, a great idea would be to focus on one album, right? So focusing on just listening to that Art Blakey album. Now, the idea behind this is we want to become so familiar with every single track on this album that we can practically sing every single solo. So this is what I would recommend is I'd recommend that you pick one album that you really want to start internalizing and understanding and deepening your, your subconscious connection with. I would take that album and I would listen to it for an entire month. Okay. And I listen to that album uh, every single day for the entire month. So basically by the time the month's over, I'll have listened to this album at least 30 times. So you could listen to it obviously more than once a day as well. And this kind of, I guess we can call it obsessive listening is what's going to start getting you very familiar with the album. In fact, if by the end of the month, you're a little bit tired of listening to the album, it's probably a good sign that you are quite, quite familiar with the tune. Like, for example, have you ever heard like a top 40s pop song? And, uh, you know, maybe you're it's like a guilty pleasure and, you know, you like listening to that song. And so so you listen to that song over and over again. And then all of a sudden you realize that, you know, the uh, the instant gratification that that tune gave you, uh, you're now very tired of it. Right. And you, but still at the same time, you could sing all the lyrics, you could probably um, hum all the parts. Right. So that's what we're trying to do with this album. 
And again, when we're trying to really ingrain an album, we're really trying to focus on getting the whole vibe that we're going for, right? So for example, like if, if let's just step aside from hard bop for a second, or, or I mentioned the Wayne Shorter vibe as well. Let's just say that you want to go for more of the Paul Desmond cool jazz vibe. So, or, um, you know, or Dave Brubeck, right? So that would be a certain vibe and the players playing in that that band are playing in, in a, a different way than the way the musicians in Art Blakey and the Jazz Messengers are playing, right? So that would be a good example of just trying to get the vibe and the feel of how that sounds and and how people play, right? So certain players are going to play more bluesy, like Cannonball Adderley, right? You listen to Cannonball, Cannonball Adderley, it's like sort of like the blues meets bebop, right? And so maybe that's the vibe that you're trying to get, you're really trying to ingrain. So focusing on one album is a great idea. Um, I've certainly done this many times before. And it's not to say that you can't listen to other music or other albums during this period of time, but it's more that intentionality of at least once a day listening to that entire album all the way through. Okay. Now, again, I mentioned that previous uh, uh, episode that that we have on mindful listening that will also be a helpful one to check out because you can do some certain things while listening to that album which will help you ingrain it even further but for the sake of the episode today i just want to talk about some different kinds of frameworks that we can focus on so okay that's an album great idea to do the album let's go to a jazz standard right so let's say we're trying to learn a new jazz standard and when we're trying to learn a new jazz standard, it's always, always 100% of the time a really good idea to have listened to it before you start playing it. And I know that sounds really obvious, really, really obvious. But what I mean when I say that is that, that you are very, very exposed to that jazz standard. Because if you are only minimally exposed to that jazz standard, like for example, someone said, hey, do you know um, uh, do you know Fee Fi Fo Fum by Wayne Shorter, Right. And then so then you go check it out a couple times and then you try to learn it because someone wants to play that song with you. Well, that's not very much exposure to that tune. You're probably not going to know it very well. You may not even like it as much because you just aren't exposed to it enough to really get into it, right? So we really need to be focusing when we're learning jazz standards on the listening side of things. Instead of just rushing to our instrument and trying to play and learn the melody notes and the chords and all that stuff, you know, we want to get those instant results. But ultimately, the more we're familiar with a certain jazz standard, what the melody sounds like, what the chords sound like, um, different approaches to the jazz standard, the better off you're going to be in long-term retention of that tune and the immediate uh, ability to learn that tune. Okay, so this is what we do in our Jazz Standards Club in our Inner Circle membership is we learn a new jazz standard every single month. And what we have uh, as one of the resources we have there are uh, Spotify and YouTube playlists of the jazz standard. And what happens is um, I'll go through and I'll find as many different versions of that jazz standard as possible and put them into a playlist. And I'm looking for, obviously, recordings that are important to be aware of. Like, for example, the original recording would be important or iconic recordings would be important. But I also usually look for um, a variety of different instruments 
that are you know band leaders playing the the tune um i'll even look for like you know if it's an older great american songbook tune i'll look i'll obviously look for more of that era but i'll also look to see if modern jazz musicians are playing that as well and so what i would highly recommend is if you're learning a new jazz standard once again let's use the time frame of one month you're going to be listening every day to a playlist of that jazz standard okay now this might sound extreme like wow i really have to listen to um this jazz standard so much and the answer is you can listen to it as much as you want but the more that you listen to it again the more ingrained the sounds of that jazz standard are going to be for you right so it's it's you're you're making progress without even touching your instrument so a good size playlist i would say is like 10, like at least 10 different versions of that jazz standard. So if you have Spotify or, or definitely everybody has YouTube, you know, you can easily make these playlists search and make these playlists for yourself. Um, so you can listen back. So that's what I would do. And again, I mentioned kind of the criteria, what I look for when I make playlists, you know, original recordings, iconic recordings, as well as a variety within those recordings of, of, uh, of different ideas. Now, Again, we're really hoping as we're listening to this one jazz standard over and over and over and over again, we're, we're really hoping to be able to sing the melody, you know, really know it really well. We're really hoping to have such a familiarity with the, with the sounds of the chord progressions are, even if you don't actually know what the chord progressions are yet. You are so familiar with the sounds of them that once you fill in the blanks with a little bit of music theory, like, oh, it's a 2-5-1, and then it goes to a 2-5-1 of the 4 chord, that you've heard that so many times now that you're actually making that ear connection to the actual analysis of the tune itself. So a playlist is a great idea, and it also gives you variety because you know you could get bored just listening to the same recording over and over and over again since it is just one song and again i want to emphasize like i'm not saying that you only listen to this one song for a month i mean you can certainly listen to other music like i'm not saying that but it's more about the intentionality of every day listening to that one song over and over and over again that you're trying to learn okay but i did sort of mention it let's take it a step further and say, there's this one version of this jazz standard that I really like. Uh, it's when it's one of the Miles Davis, let's just say it's the Miles Davis prestige recordings, you know, where there's the, you know, Coltrane and Wynton Kelly and all that stuff, right? They did those recordings. I want to really ingrain their version of it could happen to you, right? Because you like the solos, like you want to be able to sing all the solos um, you like the feel, you like the vibe. Like when you play that song, you want to have that sort of feeling already inside of you. And then you can match that up with the tools you have to actually play your instrument. So this is where it's a good idea to also do this. So perhaps alongside with the playlist that you're doing is just to simply spend time every day listening to one recording multiple times. Um, and again, you can you can substitute this for the playlist as well and literally just listen to one version for an entire month. That could get a little bit boring for you, but it's not a horrible idea. Like, honestly, this obsessiveness 
with listening and practicing and playing, it's kind of what sets aside um, kind of some of the the players that I find progress quicker than those that don't. Because you have to have some of that passion, that that just loving to just obsess over listening and learning how to play jazz. Because even if you don't have a lot of time to practice, that sort of spirit is is kind of that 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 willingness to go deep into something like that, right? That's kind of what's going to really help you move the ball further down the court. You know what I mean? It's going to help you get to where you want to go a little bit faster. Okay, so that's listening to one jazz standard. Now, another thing that you can do is break it down even further. And this would have to do with if you want to learn a jazz solo by ear or even just a chorus of a jazz solo, right? Um, now, we've talked a lot about on the podcast the benefits of learning jazz solos, uh, certainly memorizing them, but obviously if you can do it by ear, that's, that's an added bonus. Um, regardless, either way, um, it's really helpful to learn solos. So we won't talk about all the details of why, but let's just say you want to. Well, one thing you can literally do is create a track that is simply a loop of that solo. And you just listen to this over and over again. Now, you might think this is ridiculous. Like, wow, Brent, like I thought listening to one jazz standard uh, would be completely ridiculous over and over and over again. But now you're saying just like create a track that is just an extract of a solo I'm trying to learn. Now, I wouldn't ever tell you to do something that I haven't done myself. You know that, right? So I've done this myself. I did this, and I, I tell this story a lot on the podcast, but I did this with John Coltrane's um, solo on My Shining Hour. Okay, it was John Coltrane's solo on My Shining Hour. I extracted that solo because I really wanted to ingrain that solo. To me, that solo was amazing. It was accessible, and I really wanted to get that. Um, I ended up taking the first chorus through all 12 keys. I learned the entire solo by ear, okay? That's what I ended up doing with that solo because I got obsessed with it, and I ingrained it like hardcore. So create that track and just, again, multiple times a day, listen to that solo over and over again so that by the time you're done that month, you can undoubtedly sing it. And I'm not saying that you should wait to actually learn it on your instrument that entire month. You can, after about a week of like listening to that solo um, on repeat quite a bit, and you're able to kind of sing your way through it. I mean, not nailing every note, obviously, but just the essence of it. Then that that point, you can try to start transferring it onto your instrument. But that doesn't mean the listening should ever stop. Like keep listening to that solo so that you're just so familiar with it. And 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 really, when you do this, it's so much much easier to learn a solo by ear or to memorize a solo because it becomes that deep for you, right? I'm sure there's certain songs um, from your childhood that you listen to that you can still remember today, right? That are still in your head today. Or if you hear it come on the radio, you can sing every every lyric of the song. That's because you were exposed to it so much that you still remember it to this day. So that's the same thing we're trying to recreate there as well. So this is the basics of frameworks for really ingraining what you're listening. So I talked about on the album level, 
I talked about on the jazz standard level in two ways, like creating a playlist of a lot of different versions and just focusing on one version, as well as extracting a solo that you really want to ingrain as well. So my call to action to you today is to pick one of these, whether it be an album, a jazz standard, or a solo for this next upcoming month that you want to ingrain and go out and take action on that and actually do it. All right, that's all for today's show. Thanks for listening. Thanks for checking it out. Um, hey, I mentioned at the beginning of the show, ljsinnercircle.com. That's where you can learn more and join our Inner Circle membership. We'd love to help you with your jazz playing a little bit further, a little bit deeper than I can do on this podcast. So check it out, ljsinnercircle.com. Okay, we're going to be coming out with another great episode this upcoming Friday, our quick win episode. Uh, By the way, there's also video versions of those podcast episodes up on our website, learnjazzstandards.com. So just know that you can also see video versions of that where we actually do um, show some music on the screen and some of my playing as well, if you find that helpful too. So check that out. And of course, make sure you subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts, whether it be Spotify or uh, Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to podcasts. Make sure you subscribe, leave a rating review if you can. That'd be really helpful and we really do appreciate it. We read all of them and we'll see you in the next one. Cheers. Thanks for listening to the LJS podcast brought to you by learnjazzstandards.com. Subscribe to the series on iTunes and don't forget to join our jazz community at learnjazzstandards.com forward slash newsletter. Hey, podcast listener, would you like to ask me a jazz question and get it answered here on the show? Then go to learnjazzstandards.com forward slash ask. That's learnjazzstandards.com forward slash ask. I look forward to hearing your question and answering it on a future podcast episode. Learnjazzstandards.com forward slash ask or find the link in today's show notes.